Okay, here's the deal. Wax up your surfboards. Pass the tanning butter. Break out the root beers. Where's the beach blanket? Yes, it's summer. Which means in my hometown of Chicago, we can enjoy 15 days of warm weather. Well, we're not dodging construction cones, but we're not here to talk about the weather vagaries of a Midwestern metropolis. We are here to celebrate everything that's good about this season, everything good that is coming our way in financial services, warmth and light that make the season, yes, indeed, it is the Bankadelic first ever Endless Summer Podcast. With six, count them, six fantastic guests, J.D. Crouch, Director of Business Development at Lokiata, Greg Hammerman, the CEO of Larky, Sean Kruger, the Senior Vice President of Aviva Tech, Casey Shear, back again on this podcast, the Director of Marketing and Sales at BHMI, Cyrus Tahiri, Head of Partnerships at Mambu, and... Chris Doner, the CEO of Access Softech. Okay, we're going to ask each one of you to share a little bit about yourselves and tell us your favorite summer song and why. J.D. Crouch of Lokiata, you're up first. Hello, my name is J.D. Crouch. I'm the Director of Business Development at Lokiata. I'm originally from Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, but I've been living in Minneapolis, Minnesota for the last 10 years, happily with my wife and five-year-old twins. And my favorite summer song is Up on Cripple Creek by the band. A non-traditional pick. We'll grab and see about that one. Uh, just the vibe of it, the percussion, and just has a real kind of funky summer vibe. The band is my most favorite band of all time. Cool. Greg Hammerman, the CEO of Larky. Take it away. Hey, Lou. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here with everybody. I am Greg. I live in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where it is definitely summer right now. Beautiful days and lots of green leaves out there. Larky helps lots of financial institutions reach out and connect with their account holders. We'll talk about that in a little bit, I'm sure. But my summer song is a song by the Sundays called Summertime. It's not quite as popular. People on here might not know it as well. My wedding anniversary is next week, and it is a song that my wife and I, we saw them in concert early on in our relationship, and it always reminds me of those days. And the key lyric, and it's you and me in the summertime, we'll be hand in hand down in the park with a squeeze and a sigh and that twinkle in your eye and all the sunshine banishes the dark. I mean, come on, it's so romantic. I love the Sundays, Greg. Here's where the story ends is one of my favorite songs and now up next sean kruger the senior vice president of aviva tech 
Thanks for having me, Lou. It's a beautiful sunny day here in North Texas, and I am still working on strategy all the time to improve the payments process. I have somehow managed three decades in and around all types of payments and trying to find more ways to automate them. My favorite summer song is a classic, Summer Breeze by Seals and Crofts. Now tell us why you picked that one. Mostly because it just makes me smile and look forward to getting out on the water. Sometimes in a kayak, other times on a pontoon party boat with friends. Oh yeah, that song is very relaxing. I am a huge Seals and Cross fan. And now someone who I've had on the podcast before. It is so great to have you back. Casey Shear, Director of Marketing and Sales for BHMI. Thanks, Lou. I want to say it's great being on Bankadelic again. Always great to be invited to be a guest on your magnificent podcast series. <laughs> and as Lou mentioned, my name's Casey Shear, and I am with BHMI. And I live in Omaha, Nebraska with my husband, Rod, and my two sons, Colton and Kyle. I also have a beautiful daughter-in-law named Hope. You know, BHMI, I can't believe I've been with the company now for going on 24 years, and it's been a great journey. And if you haven't heard of BHMI, we're a software company that's focused on the back office processing of electronic payments. And as far as my favorite song, mine is Take Me Out to the Ball Game. This version that I'm playing right now is from Wrigley Field with the late Harry Carey leading the song. And I'll show you exactly how we used to sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game before the Cubs won the World Series in 2016. Ready? <clears throat> and it's root, root, root for the Cubbies. If they don't win, it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> Moving onward. Cyrus Tahiri, the head of partnerships at Mambu. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Lou, and thank you for having me. I'm representing the Mambu partnerships team. Mambu is a banking platform that allows you to build best-in-class experiences, no matter who you are, whether you're a bank or a fintech. My favorite song, I was born and raised in Venezuela, and as such, most of the songs are in Spanish. But I had to think through what I like during the summer and Usually it's road trips with the family and one of the songs that come to mind is Summer by Calvin Harris. Wow, when I think about the leaves turning brown, in Chicago, that'll probably be around the end of August, but <laughs> anyway. Chris Doner of Access Soft Tech, bring us home. Hi, my name's Chris Doner. I'm CEO of Access Soft Tech, and we're based in California. We have offices in Berkeley and New York and clients all over the U.S. So you asked about my favorite song for the summer. I guess I'd have to say the Beach Boys Surfing USA when I was a kid. Growing up in New York City, it made me want to grab a surfboard and go surfing. <laughs>
You know, Chris, you grew up in New York. I grew up right near the Jersey Shore, right? We're close to the Atlantic Ocean, but it's just not the same thing, you know, compared to California or Hawaii. Look at these little dinky ways, right? (laughs) (laughs) Dinky little ways. But now on to the big stuff with the Bankadelic Endless Summer podcast special. One of the things that I think is true for so many of us, going back to childhood, schools out, all that good stuff, is that summer is the season of brightness and excitement and warmth and especially possibility. And we don't have to give up on those feelings necessarily when we grow up. In fact, they can also penetrate the work that we do. And I think there is so much great stuff going on right now in financial services that I would need a half hour just to tick off all the things I've seen and heard about, but much more intriguing and engaging to get under the hood with all of you. And I'm just going to randomly pick on someone and then we can go. Greg, maybe if we start with you, If banking is entering a season of possibility, where do you see the real opportunities here? I love this question. I think here we are, summer of 2022. We are getting to a point in society where people are much more out and about than they've been for the last two years. And what's happening, there's a whole bunch of things coming together. And people switched rapidly to digital solutions in banking over the pandemic getting into much more comfort with mobile. And there's been a lot of progress that's been made on the backside of things, of the data that financial institutions are using to better understand their account holders. I think what the opportunity is and what's coming together now, I don't think this is a year from now or six months from now, I think it's now, is starting to sort of triangulate on that and saying, we know these things about account holders. They have this device in their hand and in their pocket, and we can talk to them more proactively. They're not coming into branches. They're not asking questions all the time. But what things can we provide for them that are helpful in a proactive way? And so, you know, we think about, hey, you know, you've got a couple thousand bucks in your bank account. Here we are in the 20th of the month, and you always have automatic withdrawals for more than you've got in your account that's going to happen in the next 10 days. How do we proactively reach out and help you before you even know you need help? So I think there's this opportunity and the promise of banking in the next very short future is how do we use all the wonderful data and all the great analytical tools that financial institutions have and what's happened in the last couple of years of people adopting digital technologies like they never have before and really get people to have an experience with their financial institution that makes them feel cared about, loved, and like someone's watching out for them, not just depositing their money and helping them move money to friends and family. Yeah, this is J.D. Crouch from like, yeah, and I agree with Greg using alternative data to more fairly assess existing or new borrowers when they are trying to access finance. They otherwise wouldn't have had the opportunity to get in the past because I think more financial institutions are using alternative data. And I think there's more fintechs and software providers that are, you know, gathering alternative data to paint a more complete picture of borrowers. And I think that provides an opportunity for financial institutions to leverage kind of that technology and that data so they can really, you know, provide more access to finance to folks who otherwise wouldn't have gotten in the past. So I think there's a lot of opportunities to increase the pie for more folks out there, especially who are in need from a business or from a personal perspective. This is Sean from Aviva Tech. JD, I'll layer onto that and extending that use of the historical data and looking at the future. Certainly, we didn't predict a pandemic, 
but we've learned a lot from it. And we've learned that banks are in a unique position to provide now even more assistance to small and mid-sized business owners that had a very difficult time navigating the financial aid available, how to manage to keep as many of their employees on the payroll as possible. Well, now being able to put more of that data together, have better dashboards and be able to help navigate not only the bank for their direct consumers, but also those small and medium-sized business owners that have been their customers for years as well, and how to leverage that to help them have those summer vibes of simplicity and energy and open their minds to think a little bit different. Because this is always the time of year we all start dreaming a little more. And now the banks have enough information to help those small business owners realize some of those dreams by enabling them to get rid of some of the tedious tasks, some of the tedium, the repetitive tasks, and focus on their customer service delivery as well. Sean, I'm going to say that I love that notion of dreaming a bit more. It really turns banking on its head, but to where it should have been in the first place, right? Is that if we think in terms of the dreams that we can make come true, not just for customers, but also the businesses that we work with, the pain points that we can solve, we are really, really in the right place. Hey, Lou, this is Cyrus. I love the point about dreaming and I love the point about data because I think that's ultimately all about understanding the customer. And on the SME or anywhere, right, I think you see an economy that maybe is going into a specific direction from interest rates coming up and so forth. You see deposits being now maybe going to be more appreciated than other times. But I think at the end of the day, if you're a bank or an institution that is able to understand and provide insight into how to best utilize that cash, how to best invest, or what would be the right next step with a customer engagement, then you'll be ahead, even in those times that are maybe in a turmoil. So I think data and ability to engage is what's going to change the game for those banks. And Lou, this is Casey with BHMI. So as I'm listening to everybody and related to your question, I agree that this is definitely a season of opportunity. And one of the reasons I say that is because we've seen more change in the payments industry within the last decade than we've seen in the previous 40 years put together. And some of the panelists have already mentioned this, but for example, we've seen online e-commerce and mobile payments grow at an extremely rapid pace. And then all of us are hearing about the explosive growth in real-time payments. And I bet if I asked you, Lou, five years ago, if I could Venmo you, you would look at me like I was absolutely crazy. But today, real-time P2P services like Zelle and Venmo, and there's many others, have really become household words. And, you know, I was recently reviewing the Faster Payments Barometer, and this was recently published by the U.S. Faster Payment Council. And what this barometer basically is, is it gives a current view of faster payments in the U.S. And it validated that real-time payments are where consumers and businesses are headed. For example, it showed that 86% of organizations are currently using and enabling faster payments, and a majority of them plan to add additional faster payment options within the next couple of years. I've also seen studies that show consumers consider access to real-time payments as extremely important. And I saw a recent survey by payments.com that found that many consumers would actually switch to banks that offer real-time payment capabilities. So bottom line, I think this is a huge opportunity for banks 
I believe that banks that recognize this paradigm shift to real-time payments and are willing to evolve and meet their consumer expectations will definitely be positioned for a significant amount of growth. Here is my summer payments story. No lie, this happened 48 hours previous to our being together. I'm looking for a grill, not just any grill, a Weber grill. And I see someone online who's selling one and I send them a note saying, I can pay you right now. Done, deals closed. 30 seconds later, I hit the Venmo app. I send him the payment. He's got the money. That's like mind blowing to me. This is Chris from Access Softtech. There's so much opportunity to do things better, faster, and to compete with the fintechs in the world. So some of the important trends that give me optimism, one is AI. You know, our company motto is mobile first and AI everywhere. And I think that AI is going to be a hugely significant, impactful technology that's pervasive throughout all our products. And then another one that I'm excited about is just moving everything to real time. Let's get away from decisions that take weeks. Let's get away from, you know, batch processes that happen overnight. Let's do things in real time. There's no reason why we can't do that. The one thing that I always say, and I've been saying is beyond banking is just the way you interact. All the brands that you work with could be a retailer, it could be a telco or whomever. They offer very specific experiences and you can always relate to and say, my favorite store is X or my favorite store is Y. And it's usually because your experience with them is complete and interesting and frictionless. The opportunity is, and all that is usually powered by the not so exciting brands or maybe the utility types or a lot of banks or a lot of payments. If you didn't have all those pipes, then you wouldn't have a favorite brand and maybe they wouldn't be able to give you that experience. And that's the opportunity. The opportunity is to be able to bring that real-time payment, bring them instantaneous exchange or interaction at the front level. And so if you're able to do that or banks can do that, that's very exciting as you stay in the customer experience. This is Greg. And I just think it's a season of innovation that I keep hearing about financial institutions doing some really creative things that sometimes I scratch my head and think, how come no one thought of this before? I was listening to a financial institution talk. They were doing an account that it is just one account. If you overdraw on the account, it's not an overdraw, it's a loan. And there's an interest rate that's set up with the loan and there's a cap on how much you can do. If you're over a certain amount and you're balanced on that account, it's a high paying, almost like a CD rate or higher, I should say, in this economy. But it was just sort of this interesting you know, second for me of like, how come no one else ever thought about slamming like three products together and saying, yeah, it's a checking account, it's a loan, and it's also a higher interest thing. And I just think people are starting to be more innovative, more open, and more creative about the products and services that financial institutions can provide. This is JD from Lockyada. My experience working for a fintech during COVID and during PPP, I think that one of the real outputs of that is for banks that previously were more traditional or didn't have a digital experience or weren't really innovative when it came to product offerings for their customers or how to engage their customers, PPP and you know the environment of COVID really forced financial institutions to think differently about not only the products they offer to their existing or potential customers, but also how they engage them digitally. COVID happened, PPP happened, it forced a lot of financial institutions really think differently about how they engage, not only when it comes to a digital experience, but what they offer to their customers. 
because they sort of realize that their customers have very nuanced existences and with a lot of different needs. That's really driven a lot of these innovations that have happened since COVID or since PPP. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And now it's time to talk about breaking some boundaries, doing better business. The one thing I appreciate about having all of you on the podcast is that in your own way, you're doing exciting things. You're not just staying rooted in the now, but looking forward and being on the cusp of innovation and change. I'd love to know where each one of you is concentrating your effort today and how that is affecting the work you're doing within your company and the work you're doing for the people you serve. Hello, this is Sean with Aviva Tech. We've actually shifted towards a very educational approach, working not only with our existing customers, but with prospects as a way to help them develop better tools, leverage us as subject matter experts in how to improve some of their more manual and tedious processes around payments, even down to the paper payments, cash and check. I think back in the dark ages when I started my career in banking, I was told checks would be gone. Admittedly, I don't write them, but people still do. We're still working with them on that, but the tools and the resources we're bringing to bear and enabling our banks to work with are really about how to improve onboarding, how to reduce training time, how to make the jobs that they need, the resources that they need more focused on bigger value adds. And by that, I don't just mean cross-selling, but developing the customer relationships and getting back to where that relationship was so important, even though that more of what they do is going to be through an app or online, or even just a self-service kiosk in the branch, but being able to add some level of human touch while they're there on site and in the moment versus having to count cash while they're talking to somebody. Enabling these roles to be elevated so that more people are interested in them and yet they can be onboarded easier because they have the tools to do it and support that unfortunately higher turnover rate that we're seeing in today's environment. So we're focused on that education and helping them. This is JD Gitlock. Yeah, one of the things we're focused on is really reducing the number of clicks that the lender needs to use to complete their tasks to engage the customer and also reducing the number of clicks that the applicant needs to use to access finance through a loan. So that's one of the real keys for us is to make sure the experience is less clicks, more user-friendly, but not only for the applicant, but also increasingly importantly for the loan team because their experiences outside of lending are digital every day. So I think that's one thing that we're really focused on across the board is how do we make the digital lending experience easier for everyone who's involved in the process? To that end, making it seem like they don't have to learn how to use software. It's just painfully obvious and in a way makes access to finance easier for the applicant and makes the job of the lender less tedious, less manual. This is Cyrus. JD, everything you said resonated. It's funny because... Casey just mentioned checks, right? And I'll give you a quick story. It kind of explains a bit of what we do here at Mambo. So we try to same point educate, but also we're trying to challenge the industry. We're trying to challenge in, they say, I want a very special type of loan or I want a very specific type of X. And we challenge whether that's really special or different. That's one. But we also challenge them to avoid parity. In the example I'm going to give you is I had a long conversation with the chief innovation officer for a very specific large institution who wanted to maybe engage with us. And he said, I want to have the next generation banking. I want to compete with the Robin Hoods of the world and so forth. 
And then the first requirement out of his sheet was, I want also checks, right? And so that to me is parity. It means that's what he knows or what he's grown on. And what we do is we say, well, what would you need checks for? Are you targeting the next generation of consumers? But we see a lot of that, that people tend to default to what they know. And at Mambo, what we do is we try to always challenge in a good way, in that we try to open their minds and so forth, or be challenged because we also engage with very progressive institutions. For example, they mentioned right now on this account that has multiple types of loans or deposits in a single account. I think that's pretty cool. But if they come over and they come in ideas like that, we like being challenged too. So I think that's the nature of how Mambo engages. We like to be challenged and, and we like to challenge. This is Chris from Access Soft Tech. What really excites me personally is innovation. And I love my job. I love what I do. And being the CEO of Access Soft Tech, I really couldn't wish for anything better. And one of the reasons why is because we as a company are so focused on innovation. And there was a great quote, I don't know who to attribute it to, but technology is turning short-term science fiction into reality. I just think that's really the right way to look at it, that we take ideas that people often might think can't happen, might never happen far off into the future, and we make it work. And then we roll it out to our clients. And I love it when we can be first, when we can set a trend in the industry. And my role is to make sure that we maintain a focus on that and that we don't get bogged down in the minutia of different individual issues that pop up, minor improvements versus the major leaps forward and the innovation that needs to be done. This is Greg. When you kicked off the question, you talked about, you know, where are we concentrating our efforts? Where are we breaking boundaries? And I think for Larky, we've gotten really good at understanding how proactively sending someone a push notification at the right place and time can be meaningful. But I think what's going forward with us is who do we partner with for that data? I mean, there's a lot of good comments here about, you know, credit counseling. We were just talking about that a couple of minutes ago. We don't have that data, but we love partnering with people who do. And so we're coming up with use cases and think about things of, hey, somebody has just gotten turned down for a loan, but there are a couple of things they could learn about and that could help their credit score and they might not be turned down next time. How do we reach out to them and help and provide that sort of data and aid? And so for us, I welcome everybody on this call. It's always fun to talk about partnerships. It's realizing that to break some of those boundaries where we want to concentrate our efforts are on some of these partnerships that can really make a lot of our solutions and a lot of the services we provide to banks and credit unions a lot stronger. It's not just adding a couple of things together and getting something a little bit better, but it's getting something a lot better. So that's where we're focusing. All right. And this is Casey with BHMI. And you probably can hear as we've had this discussion today, it's been really great. It's very obvious that things in the payments industry are changing very quickly, especially in the areas of real-time and digital payments. And what we're finding is that there's a lot of challenges are now occurring for banks and other financial service companies because we're changing so fast. For example, what we've seen is that many companies have legacy back office systems that are not designed to handle these new payment methods. So to help break the boundaries and do better business, as you asked, we're focused on helping our clients modernize their back office environments so they can support not only traditional payments, things like credit and debit and ATM prepaid, but also new payment methods such as mobile and P2P payments. And I'm not going to get too techie here, but we support not only the ISO 8583 format, which is typically used for card payments, but also the ISO 20022 format which is being used by real-time payment rails around the world. 
Another way that we're breaking boundaries is providing software that is based on a continuous processing architecture. Once a transaction is authorized, back office processing such as settlement and reconciliation, it begins instantly. And that is completely different than what is being used by legacy batch systems that many companies are using today. And then we're also helping our clients future-proof their payments back office by providing very flexible rules-based solutions. All the modules within the Concourse Financial Software Suite can be modified via rules configuration rather than having to do timely and expensive software changes. BHMI is concentrating on providing payment back office solutions that are allowing financial service companies and banks to take advantage of the growing and changing opportunities within the payments industry. Fabulous. We have touched on so much great stuff here today on the podcast, technology, education, meeting pain points, and all of you are making a tremendous difference. You are moving the ball forward. There was one thing, though, that I forgot to ask. Favorite summertime food or drink? No explanation needed. Just name it. Lightning round. I'm Lou, and my favorite summertime drink is a granulated coffee granita frozen drink. Mm. I'm Sean, and my favorite summertime drink is a Blue Bonnet, native here, obviously, to Texas. It's kind of like a lemon drop with lavender and blueberry flavor to it. This is J.D. Crouch from Lakiata. Any kind of seafood that's fresh and sweet iced tea. Mm. This is Cyrus. I love ceviche because it's kind of light and, again, very summery. And I love beer. I brew beer and I kind of drink my own product. <laughs> this is Chris from Access Soft Tech. I don't know that I really have a favorite summer food, but if I did, I'd probably say freshly caught salmon. I love, love freshly caught salmon. This is Greg. I'm super happy in the summer on a road trip with a big Slurpee, Coke Slurpee in my hand driving. And I'm going to be doing that in about an hour on a little road trip with my kid. This is Casey. You probably haven't heard of this, but I love matcha frappes with coconut flavoring in them. Try it out. It is so good and great on a summertime day. You all are making me very hungry and thirsty. I should probably not have <laughs> asked that question, but summer is long. There's plenty of time to catch up. You've all been terrific to give from your schedules to be here today. I would love to say thank you. Thank you, Lou. Have a thank you. It's been thank awesome. Thank you for having us. Thank you. J.D. Crouch, the Director of Business Development at Lokiata. Greg Hammerman, the CEO of Larky. Sean Kruger, Senior Vice President at Aviva Tech. Casey Shear, Director of Marketing and Sales at BHMI. Cyrus Tahiri, Head of Partnerships at Mambu. And Chris Doner, CEO of Access Soft Tech. They were all here today on the Bankadelic Endless Summer episode, and you can find them, if not at the beach, on LinkedIn. Special thanks as well to Bankadelic's faithful sponsors, Lemonade LXP, Quantic Bank, Banker Hire, and of course, the William Mills Agency. And how can you thank the William Mills Agency without thanking the incredible Catherine Laws for helping to put this episode together? Catherine, let's go hang 10. What do you say we shoot the curl down at Rincon? <laughs> oh, bodacious. 
Bankadelic is a production of NMD Plus, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas. Break out the root beers. Where's the beach blanket?